Testing, testing, one, two, three. Welcome back to Spill and Diz Tea. I'm Sakura. And I'm Brayden. And today we're talking the, the Pixar, Pixar theory. theory. Stay tuned because in today's episode, we're going to break down the theory that every single Pixar movie exists within the same universe. Hey everyone, welcome to Spill and Dis Tea, the podcast where we sip and spill on all things Disney. If this is your first time listening to us, welcome, grab yourself a cup of tea, and get ready to dive in with us to the magical world of Disney. We are here, we are back. We're back. It's a new week. Yeah. We had a lot of uh, Raya content out recently. Mm-hmm. Clearly we have just been on like a Raya flex. Yeah. A Raya train, and that's fine. She, deser- been, like, she deserves it. We've been like giving her all the extra attention that for some reason she's not getting. So yeah. we're, we're doing the work. Yeah, we're trying <laughs> to rectify Disney's mistake at the moment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But that's fine. I think we're doing a good job. We're like yeah. little, little Raya angels. Yeah, I've been like obsessed with it. But yeah, it, it, it's exciting to talk about something else. <laughs> I know, I know. I feel like our page just has a bunch of rye on it. But um, we're talking Pixar this week, and Pixar is fun because I feel like we don't have a lot of Pixar specific episodes. Yeah, yeah, we tend to to delve more into just like the Disney, like yeah, especially the, the princesses and the musicals and stuff. So yeah, and especially like since we just did our soul episode, it really got me feeling like Pixar-y, you know. So yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, I'm excited. There's something different. We usually don't dive into the realm of theories and stuff. Yeah, but I feel like this one is so iconic. It is. Um, that it just it we have to its own episode. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Okay, why don't we start off with some Disney news? What's going on for the week, or what has been going on in Disney? So, um, I won't get too into it, but Disneyland Resort has announced Disneyland Forward, which is basically their attempt to try to expand the Disneyland Resort. Um, they're trying to get Anaheim to approve this expansion. Mm-hmm. So, we've seen kind of like this really vague blue sky concept art, um, and they're trying to make expansions to both Disneyland Resort or Disneyland Park and California Adventure. Okay. Which is exciting. Um, so some things that they propose that could... Everything's kind of like a theoretical right now. Um, but they propose that they could be bringing the world of Arendelle from the overseas parks. Um, the Tangled Little Miniland. Um, Peter Pan. I think even like Tron Toy Story Land. Those are some ideas floating around. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty exciting because like a, a Disneyland park expansion of that magnitude is yeah is crazy i know and it's something that you know i'm sure so many disney fans are so looking forward to especially like you know consistent park goers people that live in like uh florida and california that like go constantly and you know they have park passes so they're just kind of like they see everything and it's exciting to have the idea that there's something new coming not even just like a new ride or a new attraction but a whole new park Mm -hmm. like that's that's news (laughs) <laughs> and like having like a whole expansion that has never been there before is just so cool. Yeah, um, it like gives you a whole new thing to explore and see. And so it, it's like it's hard not to speculate and get excited because there's so many things they could do. But right now it's just very vague. So yeah, it's, we'll be keeping our eye. Have on to it. see. We'll see yeah. updates to come. Maybe two mm-hmm. years or so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. <laughs> and then like continuing on with like Disney Park related news. Um, so what they've done is they're taking facial scanning and replacing it with finger scanning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's something we could see um, coming to Disney parks and being more normalized is facial recognition. That's interesting. Yeah. 
I think it's I, I was thinking about it the other day and I'm like that's so creepy and then I looked at my phone and I'm like <laughs> that's literally that's what, what we I do use. every day yeah and it didn't really click into my head but I'm yeah. like my phone has like a full like full ass scan of my yeah face. and like it's like you even realize like how far back like we've been doing that like Apple's had finger identification for so long even before facial recognition so like might as well. Why isn't this everywhere? This should be opening doors. My face should be opening my front door. Oh my God, can you my, imagine? Right? Can yeah. you, like, that would be so cool. <laughs> That's definitely going to be a thing. So honestly, I guess, you know, 2021, where are we heading for the future? Disney's not about to fall behind, so. Yeah, and I also, I guess they're trying to get away from that whole point of contact thing with the finger scanner. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know if you can, like, um, like sanitize a scanning. Like, I don't know if that's yeah. bad for the scanner. Yeah, or... <laughs> right, breaks it. Yeah. And then um, some Disney movie news. We finally, finally got finally. word on Black Widow mm-hmm. and its release. So it has now finally been pushed back one last time to July 7th. So they say. So they say. <laughs> and it will be released in theaters and on Disney Plus simultaneously with premiere access. So the same way that Ryan the Last Dragon was released. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to be doing this with Cruella at the end of May. And then they're also putting Luca to Disney Plus for free, like they did with Soul. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be good, honestly. So I guess it's kind of like interesting to see how Disney is starting to roll out their movies because like we've been asking for so long or just like curious to see how they're going to be doing their movie releases. And, you know, a lot of these things that they expected to be in theaters, we're going to have to be using more premiere access or utilizing Disney Plus more. So I'm curious how premiere access will go for Black Widow and Cruella. Black Widow specifically, because I know Black Widow was such an anticipated film. And if people are going to pay that $30 for Black Widow. So I kind of think that Black Widow is going to kind of be like the tell-all for like, is Premiere Access going to work? I don't see more people buying Cruella than Black Widow. Yeah, I I don't see, I I feel like Cruella is a much harder sell than Black Widow. Yeah. And like maybe, honestly, I wish they would have changed. I wish they would have done Black Widow in May, like kept the May date. And then they could have pushed Corella back to July. So I yeah. feel like July, middle of the summer, maybe that's the point where I'll be like, eh, okay. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'll fork out the money for it. Or maybe theaters will be open at that point. Yeah. The thing with Cruella that I that I had heard, though, is that what Disney had done is they, they had moved the release date for Cruella to, um, or the release date's May 28th, which is actually Cameron Boyce's birthday. Now, mm. Cameron Boyce is... Uh, Disney Channel star icon. We all know him. Jesse, Descendants. Rest in peace. He was an amazing soul. Very talented, talented person. Uh, they wanted to actually pay a tribute to him with Cruella. Or we're with, they're going to be doing, they're with the new Descendants short animation, whatever the heck it is they're doing. They're going to pay a tribute to him in that it's as the well. The royal wedding or something. Right? The royal wedding. Yeah, that thing. And then also with Cruella, I've learned that they were doing it with Cruella too. Like they're going to have like a you know, remembering Cameron Boyce and, and all that. And, you know, obviously it's because his character and descendants is Carlos Cruella's son. So it's like nice to see that they're still like, you know, keeping, keeping his, uh, his memory and legacy alive. Yeah. 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 That's really nice. It's very interesting too, that Pixar movies are getting kind of like shoehorned on Disney plus for free. Yeah. That's the other thing. And like, not that I'm complaining because I love not having to pay $30 $30 but it almost seems like there's like it's like why are we charging you know like $30 for Raya but we're mm-hmm. not charging that for Luca yeah I don't know 
Yeah. It's interesting. You know, that's, uh, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, even with Soul, I think Soul was like the first example of a theatrical release that just went straight to Disney+. Plus. And again, it's like, why did that one go to Disney+, Plus? how come we didn't try Premiere Access with Soul? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're clearly so adamant on bringing Premiere Access, Raya, Cruella, Black Widow, but I don't know, they didn't even try or they even think like, maybe maybe we can try it with soul i mean they were probably i thought that they were like oh shit premier access is probably not gonna work that well let's do some some retesting and we'll put this one out for free and we'll come back later but they came back with the same shit so i just i don't I, know i assumed after mulan i assumed it was a bust and i just i thought they weren't gonna do it again and then they announced it with raya and i was like okay they'll see how this goes and raya didn't seem to be doing well yeah and then they announced it again with black widow and with cruella so i'm like i guess they must be making Either they're stubborn or they're making money. I think they're stubborn. It doesn't make sense because honestly speaking, I think the movies that go straight to Disney Plus are doing better in terms of visibility and people wanting to watch it. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the biggest Disney Plus releases have been like Hamilton, Soul, Mm -hmm. um, all these things that have been with no extra charge. Exactly. We'll see. Yeah. I'm excited for the summer though. Excited for the summer. Finally a movie's coming out. <laughs> yeah, right? There's got like a good list of stuff we're like being able to like regularly ingest again. So that'll be nice. Oh, I guess it's also important to kind of bring up that Falcon and Winter Soldier came out. Yeah, and we still haven't watched it. We still it. haven't watched it yet. I know. <laughs> Honestly, the thing is that like out. you're coming down off of WandaVision, like I'm still kind of in Wanda mode. Like, not that I'm like, oh, I want to know what happens next or like see, like, I don't need to like keep watching, but I'm just still kind of like, you know, dot, like dawdling with Wanda, you know? I'm not ready to commit to Bucky yet. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's a whole different vibe. And I really took well to WandaVision. Like, that was like a good introduction for myself as yeah. a Marvel fan. Um, I know a lot of more like MCU stands are like totally vibing with Winter Soldier because mm-hmm. that's more their vibe. But yeah, it's just, it's funny. We still, eventually yeah. we'll watch it. It's but... fine. We'll get to it. We yeah. can't talk about it yet anyway, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get to it. So being that today we are going into one of the most infamous Disney theories of all time, being the Pixar theory, um, I thought it would be fun before we go into our main discussion to kind of rapid fire some um, other wild, just some of our favorite Disney theories, some of the craziest ones. We don't necessarily have to find them credible it's just fun to kind of (laughs) yeah so do you have any that come to the top of your mind well when like we started talking about this and the like mini theories like immediately the first one that comes to head is the classic frozen tangled Mm -hmm. tarzan cohesion trio thing that they've got going on and you know like when it first came out i was so about it i was like yeah this makes sense you know you can see rapunzel and flynn at the cor- cor- coronation at the coronation and then you know the whole thing with like uh, elsa and anna's parents leaving to go to corona why were they gonna go to corona i don't the remember wedding, the theory for oh for their wedding yeah. Right, they're gonna go for their wedding, but then they ended up shipwrecking on in Africa. Okay, so like that, that's the thing. It's like this whole Tarzan <laughs> introduction doesn't necessarily work. <laughs> work. Like it's it's funny. It's like an interesting like little thing to entertain. And like you know, if you look at Tarzan's parents and you look at Agnar and Aduna, like if you if you squint. 
I remember when you can kind of see like, the resemblance. First came to a head, and I was like, frozen and tangled. Like I buy it lit, you know, like yeah, that that the timelines made sense, you know, same animation style, whatever. And then when this Tarzan theory came into the mix, I was like, huh? I was like, I looked. I mean, like you know, sometimes it's fun. We'll go into like the next theory after yeah. where we have characters that don't look at all alike that are yeah supposed to be the same people. But it was just, like, really funny to me. And then people were taking it seriously. Because Chris Buck, the director, he directed... He was the co-director of Frozen and co-director of Tarzan. Yeah. And he was answering, like, a Q&A in, like, 2014. And they were asking, um, where did the king and queen go on their their uh, their trip? And he made a joke, like, oh, they were going to a wedding and then got, like, marooned. Their ship got, like, you know... Yeah. Whatever, on the coast of Africa. And then people were like taking it literally, and like they were like, "Oh my gosh, it's Rapunzel!" Is Prince of Arendelle. Like, <laughs> I was like, guys, it's not that serious. If we're looking at it in like real life context, they're going presumably from like Norway to Germany. Yeah. How they end up in Africa? Like how? Like, like with the, with the gorillas? <laughs> that yeah. What kind of storm washed them all around the world? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And then they also had like Little Mermaid thrown in there. Oh yeah. Oh my. Oh, that brings me to another theory. I'll bring it up after Rhea. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it was, it's, I give it points for um, for the amount of clout that it got. Yeah. This is probably one of the biggest like Disney animation theories <laughs> right? ever. Yeah. How about you? What about some theories that you've got? One that I always liked was the, um, not that I like believe it, but it's like a cool one to think about is that Mother Gothel is the evil queen from snow white Mm -hmm. like that so like you know the evil queen snow white takes place around like the renaissance times and then in tangled they i was reading the art book and they're talking about you know mother gothel's like fashion and everything is based more off of like the renaissance times um and then also like the um the the whole idea of vanity being like a motif for the villain and stuff Mm -hmm. um so i've seen like ways that it kind of like yeah work. obviously i don't think as the queen is like you know falling off and getting crushed by a boulder i don't think i'd <laughs> survive that but you know it's a fun little you thing. never know there's little um like shorties entangled and i've always like, <sighs> was like oh maybe he's like one of the seven dwarves or something or like he's just, like a friend of theirs <laughs> yeah know? honestly i him. vibe with that it does it sounds like it can make sense you know yeah yeah do what you gotta do do to what stay you gotta pretty. do right <laughs> i'm kidding <laughs> you do what you gotta do to stay vain the other one that I was just kind of like reminded of is the fact, or not the fact, the theory that um, Ariel and Hercules are cousins. Oh yes. Yeah. And I, I'm, 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 I dig it. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with it because like it kind, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, like assuming this is all taking place in the same world, it makes sense. Yeah. King Triton is Poseidon. One, he's not Poseidon. He's a son. Of he's a son of Poseidon. So then technically Hercules and Ariel are second cousins, but same thing. You're still cousins. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's interesting. And they both have red hair. <laughs> yeah. And they're both aloof. Honestly, they're like really similar in character too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, same directors too. So. Right? Yeah. Right? I totally see like Hercules brushing Ariel's hair with a dingle hopper. Oh my God. Can you imagine? <laughs> Oh, one theory, I want to bring it back to, I'm pretty sure we were talking about this in our Christmas episode, but the fact that, like, the um, the Disney characters are all actors, mm-hmm. like, that Mickey and Donald and Goofy are all actors. Yes. I vibe with that. Theory. I love that. And that, like, Toontown <laughs> is, like, Hollywood. And, yeah. Like, yeah. It makes sense to me. It works for me. 
And like, I don't know if I've like read that anywhere. I think we've just talked about it, but I, it makes sense. sense. (laughs) Okay. No more random theories. Let's get into the big one. Let's get it. The big kahuna. The Pixar theory. So essentially, like I had said at the beginning of the episode, the Pixar theory is the theory that states that every Pixar film takes place in the same universe, very similar to the MCU. So we're going to be going off of um, the Pixar theory was originally penned by John Negroni, who was like a film critic. He penned this originally in 2012, which is the theory that took off and since then has grown exponentially Mm -hmm. um so we're going to just be talking from what the original theory was via circa 2012 yeah yeah and it's funny because i actually saw a post on instagram and a post on tiktok both kind of like randomly breaking down the pixar theory and i was like why is either my fbi agents doing a good job the algorithm knows the algorithm knows or like Maybe the Pixar theory is just like getting bigger and bigger and, you know, getting more noticed. So I feel like with every and we'll get into this later because we want to go into some of the films that weren't covered in the original theory. Mm -hmm. Um, But with every film that releases, there's always like a bunch of how X fits into the Pixar theory. Yeah. Shall we get started? Let's get started. Okay. So first off, let's mention that there's uh, there's an entire book for the Pixar Theory, written by John Negroni. And there's a website, too, thepixartheory.com. And that's kind of where we source most of our information. Um, and this is sort of like Spill and Disty's interpretate how we're making sense of the Pixar Theory. Yeah. So we're kind of inferring our own beliefs into this. But, yeah, just <laughs> sit back and enjoy the ride. Yes. <laughs> okay, so the first movie in the Pixar Theory is everyone's favorite, Brave... <laughs> everyone's favorite (laughs) our favorite for sure favorite princess Mm -hmm. um so brave is our probably our oldest pixar film brave takes place around like the 10th century in scotland of course and it is one of the first uh instances in pixar that we see magic being used um so this is like your introduction to magic in the pixar universe via the witch and the witch is an important character which we will We'll put a pin in that. We'll put a pin in that. We'll get back to it. We'll we'll revisit it because it kind of full circles it at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see humans and animals. We see kind of this like um, dichotomy between them. And then we move quite a while into the future (laughs) to like the 1950s, 1960s into the Incredibles. So the Incredibles is when we first uh, meet Syndrome and he introduces us to AI. The struggle that that brings, that is then added into the entire power struggle between humans, animals, and AI. So that's interesting because that whole concept kind of gets visited throughout the entire theory and the entire and the entire time the timeline takes place so it's kind of interesting to see like how you see what's in power what's not in power so i guess like right now we're in a time where humans are in power yeah humans are in power right now so we're gonna see how that changes over time moving on into the next couple of movies so they kind of span over 10 years they span from 1995 to 2007 so that's 12 years the movies that that encompasses are toy story toy story 2 finding nemo ratatouille and toy story 3 so the main thing that all of these movies have to contribute towards the pixar theory is 
they show different signs of intelligence um, within different objects, different beings and different things. So with Toy Story, we're introduced to more signs of intelligence specifically through Andy's toys. Yeah, we meet characters like Woody and Buzz. Buzz literally thought he was a spaceman Mm -hmm. at the beginning and Woody's kind of like the sheriff of all the toys in in Andy's closet. So the way that they function in the world is literally in, intelligent in the way that humans do. So that's really cool to see. Going into Finding Nemo, we also see the same thing with sea creatures. You know, they literally live in a cohesive society. They have traffic laws, highways, schools, real estate markets. Like, it's the same stuff. It's a the same shit. A lot of other fish have their eyes on this place. A lot of other fish have their eyes on this place. <laughs> And then also with Ratatouille, Remy is another example of intelligence. Honestly, all the rats are, but Remy specifically because of his cooking. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, not only just the fact that he is a cooking rat, but the fact that like the humans kind of took a little too okay to that, you know, like with Linguini, he definitely trusted Remy a little bit too quickly in real life. If a little rat came up to me, even if he said he could be the finest chef in Italy, (laughs) Paris. I don't care. Like, I'm not no rats cooking shit in my kitchen. Yeah, it starts pulling like, you know, so and then as we go into Toy Story 3, we start getting introduced to pollution and this whole garbage motif. And then we kind of get a little bit of a Easter egg for a, a future company that we learn more about, BNL, which is by and large. Mm-hmm. And I'll actually let you, I'll give it back over to you since up is next. I'm passing the phone to someone who... (laughs) I'm passing the phone to someone who's about to talk about by and large. Okay, so moving into Pixar's Up. So Up's main, the main takeaway from Up is that we see the introduction of by and large on a bigger scale. Um, So by and large is the company that, like Sakura just said, we see in the batteries. Um, We kind of see them popping up here and there. They're a company that's trying to buy up real estate mm-hmm. and they're trying to get carl's house um <laughs> and we see a bunch of issues with that scenario by and large is eventually the company that we will see that leads to the decimation of planet earth so it's really interesting to see how they start to kind of like creep up in the pixar film yeah and then we fast forward it's a couple hundred years after that situation. So this is after humans have eventually evacuated the Earth and are living on the Axiom. So cars have become like the dominant species, the dominant race. I don't know what the right term is. And essentially, we now live in a world where there are just cars. Um, there are no humans in sight. The way that I've seen this being proposed is that the cars kind of have like the memories of their old owners and I guess they like activate at different times depending on when their owners like left or died. I don't know how sinister this theory gets. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we see that and then we see that humans are kind of like, we sort of see this in, in Toy Story as well, but we see that humans start to be sort of like an energy source. Um, We don't see that directly in cars, but this is part of the theory is that um, because of the human's energy that they have bestowed onto the cars, the cars are able to like live on their own, similarly Mm -hmm. to how toys are able to, um, and even some other animals as well. 
And then in Cars 2, we essentially we just see more of the world of Cars. And the theory proposes that they are living on the same earth that we are. It's just re-inhabited. So like they have the same, that's why they have the same landmarks that we do. So they have, you know, like the Eiffel Tower and the Coliseum um, because it's the same earth. It's just been like redesigned. Okay. Oh, and then I should add, and at some point, the cars die out ah! at an undisclosed time. Yeah, so I guess, like, with cars, like, one of the things that it, like, really did for us was showing humans are such a powerful energy source. Simply through their memories, they're able to power cars. Andy and his toys, his toys are most likely powered because of the love that he gets from humans. When we go to Wally, literally Wally's fascination with humans is what's key, is what keeps him alive. So mm-hmm. as humans are the center, we have this, this energy that is kind of fueling the entire... The entire theory. Also within Wally, we learn that AI has been keeping humans from Earth. They're all in the axiom and they're all currently being pampered. They are in their happiest, honestly, kind of close to fatal state. Like they're kind of just like yeah. like vibing, like super vibing, you know? <laughs> this is like generations of generations that have been living on this spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Wow, I'm actually just kind of like thinking about the concept of the axiom. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, we see at the end of Wally that there is life starting to grow back um, on Earth. And then 89 years later, bugs are the first sign of life to return to Earth. Um, and that's when a bug's life comes in. We see the bugs are absolutely thriving. You know, their intelligence is just <laughs> booming. They've got their whole thing going on. And they don't need no humans. <laughs> yeah, the bugs are just doing great. So they're kind of just like the first bit of life and intelligence we've seen back since are they doing great though because aren't like the grasshoppers threatening their entire colony well well they're alive they're not (laughs) true they're not dead true (laughs) so um the monsters inc franchise comes into fold with monsters university which takes place quite a couple hundred thousand years after the humans have returned to earth and due to the pollution of earth the humans have begun to evolve into a species known as monsters so this theory is proposing that the monsters inc films take place in the future with the human species in their evolved state so we also see jack jack turning into like a demon (laughs) in (laughs) the incredible so it kind of supports the idea that humans are somehow able to change their genetic makeup maybe with the help of some some chemicals (laughs) And then they also begin to use humans as an energy source. So they harvest scares, which is why scaring becomes such a big thing in their society. Mm -hmm. And then we eventually see an energy crisis start to come up in Monsters, Inc. Yes. So Monsters, Inc. is essentially the last film that kind of wraps up the Pixar theory as of 2012. Actually, it wraps up the whole thing. I don't think anything's past Monsters, Inc. right now. But in Monsters, Inc., we, you know, we have or we learn that essentially in the monster world, there is this energy crisis that they now have to adjust. You know, even though they've got scarers and monsters like Sully and Randall and, you know, that big furry orange guy that... (laughs) had to get quarantined the og the og you know there's still a shortage and it's like how does that that doesn't make no sense you know something's a little fishy why are mm-hmm. why are we've got so many talented scares like trying to harvest the energy you need but for some reason it's not working well essentially by the end of the movie we learn that the most powerful energy source is actually human happiness and joy and that is 
kind of how they have to start to power their city. The way that they actually harvest this is by using their doors. And this is kind of what introduces the concept of time travel and the fact that they can use their doors or the doors in Monsters, Inc. to head to the past. And that's how they went through and and got their their screams and laughs and everything that they need. I know it sounds a little ludicrous, but it's... It's the Pixar theory. It's the Pixar theory. <laughs> and honestly, like in Monsters, Inc., we see Sully and Mike Wazowski go through a million one doors. We even like see some civilization mm-hmm. um, and we see humans and stuff. So obviously they're going back in time Mm -hmm. it just makes sense when they're living in like a monster world or they're living in this world like it's not like they're going to like somewhere else in the same timeline you know you don't see any humans around the same area that they're in you know it's like we always have to like go through another like portal or another thing to see humans so that kind of makes sense that kind of supports it the last very important thing is that in monsters inc sully meets boo little baby boo and you know she was actually introduced through one of the time travel doors and the theory goes that boo is the witch from brave damn drop the mic now this is why the theory is that boo has spent all of her life looking for sully since she met him as a child and which she, you know, eventually became a witch. She studied witchcraft because she wants to meet her big Sully. Her kitty. Her kitty. She wants to meet her kitty again, you know? Um, well, first of all, we have the whole door situation. So as you were saying, the monsters have these um, time traveling doors that they use to harvest their human energy. And then we see that the witch is able to do a similar thing um, when she kind of like leaves her hut and then transforms it into like her, you know, magic workshop or whatever from her wood workshop. Mm -hmm. And then we also have other um, Easter eggs in there with the fact that she likes to turn people into bears, which Sully, (laughs) you know, resembles sort of. Yeah. There's a Sully carving. Yes. And the Pizza Planet truck carving, which Pizza Planet truck is in all of these films. Yeah. Except for like Incredibles or something. Um, so, you know, you could be like, oh, just a cameo, but it is curious. It Mm -hmm. is very curious. So the way I interpreted this was she was just kind of like going through doors. Like she's just like (laughs) trying to find Sully. She doesn't really know where he is. It's kind of sad, but yeah. Yeah. She just ended up in Scotland or maybe she met him. Maybe she like, she met Sully. She had her, you know, reunion. And then she was like, well, you know, I'm like 60 something years old now. Life well lived. Let's go to Scotland. Mm-hmm. And let's f- with some people and turn them into bears. I mean, maybe. Like, she is purposely living in Scotland because her existence in Scotland at that time ensures that she meets Sully in the timeline. Oh, you're right. They did say something about that. Yeah. Um, if anyone would like to educate us, <laughs> feel free to do that at yeah. spillindistpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, we just need to wrap this up. <laughs> Help us wrap it up, guys, because just a little bit of loose ends. Sense of this. <laughs> but yes, that is... The Pixar theory. The very complicating Pixar theory. <laughs> Seems legit, right? Seems legit. Honestly, like, it's just kind of... It's just fun. 
mm-hmm. you know? And it's not even just like it's all a stretch because there's so many Easter eggs. There's so many things that make sense. There's so many like just like connections. And it could just be, you know, Pixar being Pixar and combining their projects when they can. But I think that this is a great thing. A great thing for at least like fans to to play with and and keep building off building mm-hmm. on like there's been so many more movies since this was released in 2012 and already like every single thing that's come out has been fit into the Pixar theory somehow so yeah like I that that says a lot they do a really good job at kind of creating their own worlds and having Easter eggs like even. I'm pretty sure there's like a Luca Easter egg in Seoul, I think. So they like to, Disney mm, animation does yeah. too, but it's it's always fun to kind of see that and see how they try to keep it. And I wonder if it like inspires the creative process at all. Probably not. But like, I wonder <laughs> if that's always something in the back of their mind. Like, you know, we can't, we can't do this because it's going to like X-nay that. Mm, yeah. You know? Yeah, it's true. That's true. And honestly, like, again, like Pixar is just so notable for for building such detailed and cohesive worlds. Yes. Which is why this just makes sense. I at least I haven't learned anything about this theory that I think is like completely ludicrous. There's some things that are like, okay, all right, I'll I can't oppose that. Mm -hmm. But there's nothing that I'm like, this doesn't make sense. I don't understand why this would be a part of the theory. So it's fun. Mm -hmm. do you yourself buy into it like are you like that's legit or no i mean i want to like you know like why not (laughs) you know type of thing true why not eh? why not i mean like until pixar says yes the pixar theory is a thing um i don't know if i'll be 100 percent about anything but um i can sit i can sit next to a close 90 i i vibe with it and i have nothing against it i have no reason to oppose it and um i want to come up with future theories as well so yeah um, should we go into these other films or? Yeah. Yeah. So why don't we talk a bit about the other films that Pixar has put out since 2012 and how, how do they fit into the theory you ask? Yeah. We got you. We're going to tell you. We got you. So the first film uh, we're going to talk about is Pixar's Inside Out. So Inside Out doesn't really add too much to the Pixar theory, but it does add the idea that there are emotions living in the head of basically every character. I mean, I guess every organic character in the Pixar realm. But yeah, that kind of adds like a deeper layer. It would be interesting to watch one of these films and kind of think like, for instance, like watch Coco with the perspective that Miguel has like joy, sad, you know, in his head. Yeah. But I can kind of buy that, you know. The only thing that is interesting, we'll kind of get into it later, but um, the fact that Soul and Inside Out propose two opposing views of how personalities are made <laughs> mm-hmm. i mean i feel like there's a way that you can kind of wrap it up with a neat bow yeah um but that's kind of all that inside out really- oh it also um inside out shows us the importance of emotion but most importantly the importance of joy and how joy can be a very potent and powerful emotion which leads into the reason why laughter is much more of a um a stronger energy to harvest than fear yeah Okay, then looking at The Good Dinosaur, the next movie to come out, um, The Good Dinosaur is actually pretty influential because we're bringing it right back to the beginning. It's going to start off the Pixar theory. Of course, mm-hmm. where the heck else are dinosaurs going to go? So we're going to go back 65 million years ago. And essentially, the concept is that the asteroid missed Earth. And, you know, the Pixar theory is essentially speaking a world or an Earth where the asteroid didn't hit it. 
So essentially we go through the plot and we see all these dinosaurs and they actually show signs of intelligence the same way that a lot of these other uh, beings do. Although over time we notice them start to die off or they're becoming less resourceful and that's because uh, fate's catching up to them. If you had the chance to change your fate, (laughs) would you? So essentially, but it's yeah. like the same situation, just prolonged. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, but it is interesting because there are, are humans in a good dinosaur. So it's like, where do those humans come from? Yeah, I guess that's the whole, like, asteroid missed the Earth. So, like, diamonds are around longer than they should be. Mm-hmm. That kind of, this is, like, a really random point, but it kind of feeds into, I'm not a good dinosaur fan. I don't really like the movie all that much. But the dinosaur designs are really interesting because people are saying, well, they don't fit. They're against these photorealistic backgrounds they're very cartoony and i always kind of saw that as like a they're not supposed to fit like the dinosaurs aren't supposed to be around anymore yeah they are we have a bunch of sequels too that kind of i'll just rapid fire rapid. them out because they, they essentially don't really add too much they kind of just further um, support yeah yeah so you know finding dory we have humans versus animals again the animal intelligence we have some pollution themes coming up um we have cars 3 just further exploring the world of cars incredibles 2 kind of we see more supers toy story 4 basically the same thing we see more of this conflict between humans and toys and how toys go off and want to live lives without humans mm-hmm. um t is there like bnl batteries in woody's voice box i don't know <laughs> um yeah that's it yeah. for the sequel so and then moving into like more of our more recent pixar films that are not sequels so onward onward's a little bit interesting because onward um is said to take place on another planet now this is when we're kind of like further expanding this universe because as of now what we've been introduced to is just like life on earth and earth in like so many different stages that it almost feels like another planet Mm -hmm. um but we've got earth in all these different stages and then we've got like a little bit of like space with the axiom but now with onward there's like a whole new planet that you know we are to look at and it's more than likely a new planet because like there are two moons there are not two moons on earth so (laughs) (laughs) this has like an otherworldly vibe to it yeah so i think um i mean like it's like a possible connection Mm -hmm. but that the axiom has been like in space for hundreds has it been a thousand years i don't know i'm just gonna say hundreds to be safe Mm -hmm. um but hundreds of years and i think it is possible that some humans have potentially left or maybe even escaped the axiom and went to go live on another planet Ooh, and that is how we get onward Mm. it's possible it's possible it's not impossible it's not impossible how they develop their own magic and then technology. Well, I mean, that doesn't make sense because they don't have technology and then they develop technology. But they would have had technology. Well, no, it actually kind of makes sense if they were humans because they have that human knowledge. So they literally take the society that they have. Let's say now they're on a whole new earth that might have magic and or a planet that might have like, I don't know, like chemicals. Like we've seen that humans evolve into monsters. I don't think it's far-fetched that humans might be able to evolve into you know these mystical creatures yeah which do have like monster qualities like there's like yeah. cyclopses and yeah exactly stuff. monster qualities and it's like they're showing more than just intelligence because they're living in cohesive societies like literal societies like you know yeah they might just have funny colors yeah it works it works it supports and then we have Coco, and the main takeaway from Coco is well first of all we get our second look at magic i guess 
in the Pixar film, in a Pixar universe, sorry, after Brave. And then we also get our first look at the afterlife in mm-hmm. the Pixar universe. I mean, more specifically, what I'm assuming is the afterlife in Mexico for people with that belief system. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting. And then that brings us to our most recent, which is Soul. Yes, we got Soul. So yeah, like you had mentioned, there is a little bit of that conflict with, you know, the personalities. Where do our personalities come from? Maybe we need another movie to help us further iron out that detail. So the thing with Soul is there hasn't been anything confirmed as of yet so we're just kind of looking at it with with our own eyes the great beyond overall is another way to look at the af could be another way to look at the afterlife the same afterlife that coco you know began to introduce to us that's not to say that the afterlife we see in coco it could be a segment of the afterlife Mm -hmm. you know it could be such like a vast thing we don't even know yeah it's a whole universe so we'll see when it comes to theories, honestly, you can like you can you make could do anything. Sense of anything as yeah. long as you could support it somehow. You could literally say like the cows poop yeah. eggs. <laughs> that's disgusting. Yeah, that's gross. <laughs> it's like where are you going with that? <laughs> and then yeah, there are already people that are like theorizing who twenty two may become. Yeah. We've seen twenty two might be Riley from Inside Out. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, I just assumed Inside Out took place before Soul. So did I, but we never know. I mean, it's true. For all we know, Soul could have taken place in like 2003. There's nothing really that gives it a time. They have cell phones. They have cell phones in 2003. Well, not like iPhones, not like smartphones. They didn't have iPhones. Uh, I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Google like Joe's phone. Joe's phone. one more thing but the fact that we see doors as well in soul that are mm. like magical doors mm-hmm. so it kind of adds the door motif yeah. works so then yeah i guess it'll be interesting to see like what comes from that we need john negroni to come back take a look at some of these new ones now that we've we've updated and let us know yeah let us know what you think you're you're the main one you're the one that kind of idealized this entire universe so we want your take on it and what you think uh, how you think these new films will fit in? Yeah, I'd be down. I'm I'm really curious um, to see how Lightyear fits into the Pixar theory mm-hmm. and what people come up for that because I guess it's like an in-universe film that Buzz Lightyear was based off of. So that'll just be interesting. Well, on that note, I feel like Lightyear could just be like anything. Yeah, you know, unless they just have like stuff within the film that technically would make sense in the Pixar world. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't really have to fit into the Pixar theory if it's technically like a show. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Big Red turning red. Turning red. <laughs> <laughs> we've got Turning Red and Luca coming up. So all interesting because they are all, uh, well, Luca and Big Red are films with, um, we're seeing transformation. So mm. we're going from animals to humans. So again, more of that, like, what human capabilities, what what are they? What can we do, you know? So yeah. it all makes sense. It all makes sense. It all supports. It all makes sense. Easter eggs Easter are the eggs. root of all theories. <laughs> right? <laughs> the almighty Easter egg. <laughs> Next time you're watching, if you're going to be watching some Pixar films after this or... Um, anything some good things to look out for are some of these cameos so so a113 the pixar pizza planet truck 
and then the Luxo Junior Ball, of mm-hmm. course. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, your other cameos from other films yeah. are always fun to look out for, too. Mm-hmm. This was good. We literally kind of, like, rapid-fired, like, all of these all of the Pixar films. Like we literally said, we've never done a Pixar film before. Bet. Bet. <laughs> we'll do it them all. All of them. All the Pixar films. I wonder if this like includes shorts. Like I wonder where all those <laughs> fall into there. Yeah. Like my boy Jerry. Like where's he at? Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Terry. Terry. Yes. Well, that's it today for our take on the Pixar theory. We hope you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did talking about it. Please subscribe to us at Apple Podcasts. Apple. Spotify. Spotify. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram. And Twitter. Twitter. At Diz Tea. And if you'd like to share your thoughts with us on today's podcast um, episode and topic, please be sure to shoot us an email at Podcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us and leave us a review. It really helps us out and share this with all your friends and Disney fanatics. It's free. Um, you can also reach us individually, Sakura at at Sakura MJ on Instagram and Twitter, and you can reach me at Braden Rosman on Instagram and at Braden C Rosman on Twitter. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time, play, play us out, Zach. Zach.